Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Arena On Air, the official podcast of Arena Stage. My name is Miranda Go, and I'm the management fellow. My name is Jordan Jackson, and I'm the marketing fellow. And I'm Sky Lindbergh, media relations fellow. As you know, we've created this podcast to give you a glimpse of how a regional theater like Arena Stage works from the inside out. And there's no better place to view these ins and outs than from the desk of Arena Stage's executive director, Edgar Doby. Welcome to Arena On Air. Thank you. Thanks very much. It's great to be here. Thank you for letting us interview you, Edgar. What inspired you to want to work in the arts? Well, in the arts, uh, in in general, I guess, what, what inspired me, I don't know about you guys, but I, you know, there are mentors, teachers that come into your lives. And uh, in my case, it was at a, the tender age of 11, 12, where, when I met my first English teacher who um, who was very interested in uh, in us understanding that the world's greatest invention was language, and and his his lesson to us was that um, it was actually drama and theater that 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 in, in his estimation made the best use of of language because it involved being storytellers and uh, and building empathy and sharing uh, sharing it at the most human of levels. So that was a you know it was a pretty big lesson to get at that age, 11, 12. And then uh, I immediately had the opportunity to uh, take an art selective, which was part of the core curriculum when I was growing up, and uh, that was a drama. It was called drama. <laughs> you could go to band, you could go to fine arts, you could go to drama. I hung up my hockey skates so that I could join the drama program. And uh, and just, and again, there a teacher uh, there, Patty Malcolm, um, was... Uh, Building her own little, little theater, powerhouse theater in the community that I was grow- growing up in, and it was just through the course of uh, of seeing that, seeing a community come around, not only building a theater, but bringing life into the theater. Uh, so you know, so by the time I left high school, I saw how seasons were put together. Four or five play seasons were put together. I was allowed to read plays and have input onto what might or might not be selected. I got to hang lights to build scenery, got to sing in the chorus of the boyfriend in the role of Pierre. <laughs> I, will, I won't sing you my solo line at this point. But, so it was, it was early. I've never, never really looked back. I've never really wanted to work in any other field. You and Molly serve as leaders for Arena Stage. Can you start off by telling us the difference between Molly's work as artistic director and your work as executive director? I certainly can, uh, because Molly and I are the two, uh, two folks that are actually engaged by a board of trustees. We have about 40 trustees, and they and their role is to have overall oversight of the, and hold the institution in trust. And part of what they do is that they engage an artistic director and an executive director. Those are the two positions that the board actually engages. We're accountable to them for, um, for working with them to develop a mission and uh, a set of core values, and then deliver on the mission while observing the core values and our our performance is evaluated once a year based on that, those metrics on, the, on those goals so the way that I mean Molly and I are very much a partnership we're both equals some some places are organized so that there's a president of the board or, or a president who's the chief executive and then everybody reports up through them some places the artistic director is the CEO and everyone else reports up through the, but in our case, we're 
we're kind of, we're we're more of the standard um, arrangement where the artistic director and the executive director have their uh, their lanes that they operate in. It, you know, in, in our case, where we really are a team, we make decisions together. The um, way I describe our relationship, and Molly doesn't uh, blanch when I say this, is that she's as as a, as the artist, she's in charge of ambition because institutions need to, mem- to be ambitious. You need to be in a position to take risks and to move forward and to fail. And uh, I say that I'm in charge of capacity, and that just doesn't mean I keep the books. That means, you know, in delivering on the, on the mission and, uh, and delivering a, a quality uh, production and education programs. Uh, that capacity means that you've got the capacity built within the organization to do a good job an excellent job uh, means that you're in the case of the of the productions that you're uh, presenting a balanced program that's always challenging but not too challenging uh, for the fo- the folks that are uh, responsible for delivering that audience the marketing communications f- finance uh, those those areas production those areas of uh, of support so we look at uh, a year's programming in advance. We're trying to get to a point where we're doing more than just one season at a time, but that's um, that's been eluding us. Uh, and we just try to make sure that it's uh, ambitious and that, it, that we have the capacity to, to do it. And we, we achieve that through a very open and uh, working relationship and partnership. And you've been the executive director at Arena since 2009. In the past nine years, there have been several productions that have transferred onto Broadway, most recently Dear Evan Hansen. So how does a show go from a regional theater like Arena to a Broadway stage? You know, there are a number, number of paths. Uh, in the case of Dear Evan Hansen, uh, we, we accepted the opportunity to do the world premiere of a show that a commercial producer had commissioned. Uh, and we entered into an enhancement agreement, so that's where we build a budget for the show. We estimate what we we can do in terms of our own box office sales, and there's uh, invariably a gap. If you're if it were one of our shows, that gap is filled by our annual fund, you know, money that we raise from the community. In the case of a commercial venture, that's not really appropriate to do that. So we ask the commercial producer to fill that gap, uh, and uh, and we then negotiate a royalty and a profit participation going forward from that because it's it is a commercial venture uh, arena stage learned that that lesson the the hard way with our production of the great white hope because it was a huge undertaking to produce that show and develop it and it was de- developed in a in a at the time we had a resident company resident designers and artists that were associated with the company and when it looked like that was broadway bound uh, a lot of people left with the show, leaving a huge creative gap here, and also there was no financial participation for Arena. So, this this one path through uh, an alignment with a commercial producer is probably the most obvious way. I mean, the other ways are that we we produce a lot of new work. It's something that uh, our audience is along for the ride for. We get pieces that we do like, for instance, Camp David and The Originalist, where a lot of other uh, resident companies um, become interested in it and want to do it. Uh, and, you know, that's not that's not to say it's going to end up on Broadway, but it is going to have, um, you know, in the case of The Originalist, a lot of significant other productions. We've uh, 
entered in an agreement with a, a commercial producer to do an off-Broadway production of it this summer of The Originalist. You know, it's the Great White Hope Way where someone, a commercial producer, sees something that you've taken the chance on and does it, and and usually it's uh, it's not so much arena, but it's the author that gets to make the choice about whether whether it will move on commercially. We we typically hold an option if it's a show that we've commissioned for six months to a year where we can try and organize something like that a commercial transfer. But if we if we don't do that within the within the time frame, then it's uh, it's open for other commercial producers uh, to do that. And we have an arrangement in that circumstance with the author, uh, whether it be a form of participation. So there are many ways. It certainly must be rewarding to realize that Arena is hosting a Broadway-bound show. What do you do to make sure that Arena Stage maintains a balance between appealing to a mass market and staying committed to producing new and original productions? Well, you know, it's the new and the original that uh, usually finds the, the, the path uh, to, to the commercial sphere. But we, we listen, um, when it came to Dear Evan Hansen and when it comes to Dave, when it comes to uh, A Time to Kill, those were all decisions that were made uh, first and foremost as, is this, an, is this a show that's going to work for our community and for our audience? So, so we, and we like to think we know our audience pretty well. So we, we do 10 on average 10 projects a year, eight of those are on subscription, two of them are are usually off subscription. Uh, that leaves that means that one of those off subscription opportunities can be a summer summer run attached to a, a commercial producer. But when we put together that whole range of, of productions of 10 choices, we, we, we know we've got at, at least four audiences that we have to satisfy. That you know, we're a 68 year young operation organization. We have we like to think we know our, our audience pretty well. We, we don't know each, each of them individually as well as Facebook does, perhaps, but, but uh, we know <laughs> we know that was a little Facebook joke. For mm. <laughs> but we know, them, we know them pretty well in terms of their history with us and, and what they like. Speaking of new productions, Snow Child has been a fun production to watch unfold. What are the challenges of developing and promoting a new musical in 2018? I think this probably extends, <laughs> you could say, <laughs> whenever. Yeah. You know, they are, musicals are, um, and I've been around a, f- see a few of them being birthed, they're, they're one of the more complicated uh, collaborations that, that you can have because you've, it's not just one writer's vision, it's usually, it's usually already merging um, before you even get to interpret it, uh, usually a book writer or a playwright. Uh, a lyricist and uh, and a composer, although you know sometimes that the composer and the lyricist can be the same person. Then you introduce a director, and then but within the music side of it, you introduce an orchestrator. Within the choreographic side of it, you introduce a dance arranger, mm-hmm. and then you you see what I'm saying. You you get you get a lot of you get a lot. So I think it's the biggest challenge is often for the director because because. In musicals, um, how it's interpreted can often shape how it um, uh, how it's conceived and how it's created. Uh, and it's a, you know it's a, you get to a point of who's who actually owns this thing, and um, that's when it can break down because everybody should feel that they mm-hmm. that they own it. I mean, I heard from uh, in a conversation I had with Al Prince one time. I said, "You know, what is it? What is it about the structure of a musical?" He said, "Well, what I've learned is that you actually you, you talk about the story or the action, 
until you can't talk about it anymore, and then you usually start singing about it. <laughs> and then you sing about it till you can't sing about it anymore, then you dance about it. <laughs> you know, so it's, uh, you know, it just lends itself to an, an, a number of interpretations. So I don't think there's anything that's a, a, a particular challenge. I mean, Molly did add puppetry to the <laughs> to the mix here as well. So there are there's um, there's that uh, aspect of it. But then you know the the story has a magical aspect to it, and 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 puppets can take you in that kind of direction and as can technology. But by all accounts and from all show reports, um, we've got something, a, a, a new musical that the audience is really engaging with. What is the best part about working at Arena Stage? The best part is uh, w- without question uh, the people that we get to work with. I think we've, we've put together in terms of senior staff and the staffing throughout the entire organization, um, j- just a, a team who are understand the mission, are totally plugged into the into the core values. And w- when you sense that, it's uh, it's terrific. And uh, well, you know, one of my favorite things to do is we have three theaters here, and when and we can't really organize it so all three are going at the same time. But there are usually a couple of occasions. Uh, during the year when that is possible. And it's just thrilling to sa- stand in our big mixer of a, an audience when you've got three audiences arriving and then exiting. And it's, it's just, it's terrific. This, you know, under this big curvilinear roof here, we built a kind of, in my estimation, uh, a kind of utopia where, where it all, it's all created on site with the shops, with the rehearsal facilities, with uh, classrooms for the education, with the enough big public space areas where the community can gather, not even to see a show, but just to, to wrestle with a, a community issue or problem. And we have embraced, and we've been in a, a, uh, rewarded with a huge and warm embrace by our audience here. So I'd say, I'd say being able to stand back and watch this great institution do its job is the biggest thrill for me. One of the awesome things about being a fellow at Arena Stage is the ability to work closely with people like you, Edgar, and Molly Smith. Miranda, your role as management fellow has given you the opportunity to engage with Edgar and Molly daily. What's that been like? It's been a really ideal experience to start off my professional career in the theater this way. Um, No better people than Edgar and Molly to receive mentorship from. Over the course of the season, I've really learned what it takes to run a not-for-profit theater, um, what it takes to produce 10 productions within the course of a season, and I've done everything from assisting with drafting licensing agreements to learning how a season is programmed and budgeted for. I've also gotten to learn about Molly's role as an artistic director. I actually didn't come from... Uh, necessarily artistic theatrical background so I got to observe Molly's work in the rehearsal room and seeing what it takes to put together a new musical and how all those pieces come together Um, and at the end of the day just engaging and serving the DC community through our productions and our initiatives so it's been very good. Great, that's nice to hear. What is something you've learned about nonprofit leadership that you didn't know before? I've learned a lot about development, which is raising contributed income for the organization. I have a strong interest in producing, and I've learned that one of the biggest questions is, where does the money come from? 
to produce new work that you're excited about. And a lot of development is creating and maintaining relationships. And I've learned that through observing board meetings and committee meetings. There's one project I'm really excited about is the launch of our new Arena Stage Young Patrons program, which is a new membership program for young professionals in Washington, D.C. in their 20s and 30s who want to become more engaged in theater and to essentially become the next generation of philanthropists for D.C. theater. Um, So I think it will be a great way to usher in that new audience and to hear and see and observe what their interests and tastes for theater are. So uh, that is one thing I've learned about you know, if I can, Either. if I can just add, uh, Molly and I are thrilled uh, when we when we sat down with uh, with Miranda at the beginning of uh, the whole fellowship journey. We we encouraged her to find a way to attach herself to the mission and to and to, the, and to our goals here. And uh, this young patrons council has a has a real opportunity of of being a real legacy project um, from. From Miranda and AJ's involvement with us, so I mean, it's, it's terrific. You mentioned that you don't have, you don't necessarily have like a theatrical background. I myself don't either. What is your, or what was your major in college? I studied art history, which I know you no also way. did, and I had a minor in <laughs> economics, which is great for this fellowship also because I get Definitely. to apply that experience too. Nice. What did you study, Sky? Could you guess? Does it have something to do with media relations? Absolutely not! <laughs> wow! <laughs> None of us set out to do what we thought yeah. we would. I imagine it was performance, right? It was, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Edgar, do you have any advice for people interested in working for a nonprofit organization in general? Is there anything um, that you're certain they need to buckle down and realize? I think you. I think you need to be of the mindset that part of your remuneration, if you will, is going to be um, is, is going to be measured in in how effective the mission is being accomplished of, of the organization. So, uh, and it, it it's really it's really important to see when you're making a choice of it, that you're actually aligned with with what the institution is trying to do and. And then really look for opportunities. I use this this expression of getting your hands dirty, finding something that you can be responsible for that you can actually point to and claim. As, as and there's, in my in my experience with uh, with other uh, not for profits, there's always something on the list that there's simply not the resource, and it can be the it can, it can simply be the human resource to to grab it and run with it. So. That's, uh, that's the advice. Great. Well, your dedication to the arts arena and the Southwest community is greatly appreciated. Good. Thank you. So last but not least, we're going to do a short but quick lightning round. So answer these questions with the first thing that comes to mind. What has been your favorite show at Arena Stage to work on? They're all my children. How can you ask that <laughs> question? I will say that, that uh, our Voices of Now Festival each year is a, is a highlight for me. Seeing that, seeing theater used uh, to devise a piece of work that is really important to a individual ensemble or cohort's story, often, often um, in schools, it's thrilling. It's uh, really eye-opening. If anyone walks into your office, they'll notice many, many 
iterations of the hippo. Why is the hippo your favorite animal? You know, I have the couch is probably not big enough in a psychiatrist's office to answer that question. <laughs> it's it's primal. It goes right back to a, a, a time when many people reach for little stuffed rabbits or bunny rabbits or something. I was reaching for a different shape, the shape of the hippopotamus. I mean, I had, I admire them. There's a lot under the surface with them. They're, they're fierce. Them. You can't yeah, underestimate really them. Can. They're, they're also fierce, as well as my my uh, son Sam pointed out to me because he he for some reason likes sharks. Um, said you know that, that there are more people killed by hippopotamuses on the grassy plains or than than shark deaths in the in any of the oceans. So, That's right. So they are. Um, I guess they're. And I, I, I kind of like the reaction I get when people walk into the office and see all the hippos as well. You're currently a Tony Awards nominator. What shows on Broadway would you recommend seeing this season? Um, I, in, the, in the musical categories, I think The Band's Visit is really, um, really terrific. It's, it's in, that, in that kind of spring awakening, Dear Evan Hansen mold. Uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a surprise that, that it could be a musical, and it's beautifully, beautifully rendered. Uh, I really, uh, much to my surprise, enjoyed SpongeBob SquarePants, <laughs> the musical, and I'm not just saying that because Dina Landos are next up for us here directing Dave. I just really enjoyed it. I, I, uh, I, uh, I got to know SpongeBob in a totally different way. He's on the Do Not Watch list for my eight-year-old daughter. So. I was gonna say, uh, did you bring your dog? No, no. no, no. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard several like adults say like they really liked the musical, and yeah, I mean, I think it's just shocking because yeah, it's just SpongeBob. It is really yeah. about a sponge. Yeah, that. But cartoon. you know, I, I thought <laughs> as a nominator, you see about 40, 40 things a, a year, and I and I just I never stop admiring, what, what, understanding from the other side what it takes to get there. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the quality of the uh, of the work that goes into them. Um, I've mentioned I've mentioned a couple of the musicals. The, uh, there was a, a, a play at a Manhattan Theatre Club called The Children that, that really reached me in a, in a surprising way because I, did, I didn't know anything about it when I went in. And, but it deals with a really important kind of moral issue that we potentially could face or probably will, inevitably will face. So it's always good to get a you know this this exquisite revival of Angels in America is, is worth worth seeing. The wharf just opened up across from Arena in Southwest DC. What is your favorite restaurant in the Southwest? My favorite restaurant in the Southwest was and always will be Jenny's. <laughs> you know she was she's just part of the whole history of this place. I think they're probably, I'm not sure that they found a, a permanent location on the new wharf, but I was just there for lunch yesterday for their hot and sour soup. That's good um, So uh, as a family, because we live in Southwest, um, it was my birthday last week and I, and I had to leave it to my fussy eight-year-old daughter, Greta Lee, to decide where we're going to go for dinner. <laughs> and she does, she's not that fond of the macaroni and cheese at a Hank's Oyster Bar, so we ended up at Shake Shack. <laughs> for your birthday. <laughs> for my birthday, yeah. What a treat. <laughs> I mean, the milkshakes milkshake. and fries. Yeah. You, you know, can't come <laughs> But there are, you know, some, there are wonderful restaurants over there, Del Mar, Rec uh, 
Well, thank you again for joining us, Edgar. It's amazing to realize that in one year, you'll be celebrating one decade as Arena Stage's Executive Director. That's right. Congratulations. And I'll still be 10 years behind that. There you go. Trying to catch up. All right. Okay, thank you. I've enjoyed this. Thank you. And thank you to everyone who's tuned in. Join us next time when we talk to Director of Community Engagement and Senior Artistic Advisor Anita Maynard-Losh. Thanks Thanks for for tuning in. in!